Connor Bedard made his surprising return to the Blackhawks lineup last night, but it wasn't enough to snap the Blackhawks losing skid. And on today's episode, I'll be breaking down the 4-1 to loss to Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins, plus Connor Bedard's performance in his first game back. And I'll also be taking a look at the current odds for the 2024 Calder Trophy winner as NHL Rookie of the Year. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman, too. And make sure to also go and follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, just a quick reminder to make sure you're hitting that like button, commenting down below, and subscribing for Celebrini if you're watching today's episode on YouTube. And if you're a frequent listener of the audio podcast, make sure to go and be consistently downloading all of those latest episodes. It really does help me out tremendously. And also go and rate and review as well, preferably with a five-star rating. Those are always great. And last but certainly not least, got to let you all know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Make sure to go and download the Game Time app right now. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off to the sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Again, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Connor Bedard is back, baby. A very surprising return, though, from Connor Bedard last night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. In his mind, this was probably one that he had circled on the calendar for quite some time as a potential return date, knowing that Sidney Crosby is his childhood idol, and uh, that's who he got to face in his first game of NHL action, which, of course, was a a really cool moment in the opening game of the season that led to a Blackhawks victory, by the way. Um, But I didn't think Connor Bedard was going to be coming back this early, Blackhawks fans. And over the last couple of weeks, as we've consistently gotten updates on Bedard's status, I I kept also updating when I thought Bedard would be able to return to the lineup. And at earliest, I envisioned it being uh, next week when the Blackhawks take on the Philadelphia Flyers. And that is the 21st, I thought would be the earliest that he was going to come back. But I should have known better. I should have known that Connor Bedard is an absolute rink rat and was going to do everything in his power to return as soon as possible. But yeah, kind of a surprise weeksy bomb yesterday morning is what uh, dropped the news at first as Kevin Weeks um, posted that he was hearing that Connor Bedard will be returning to the Blackhawks lineup. Then he went and edited that tweet to say that he was told there's a good chance that Bedard was returning. So we were all a little bit on edge there in the morning, but then Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times right around lunchtime came out and said that he was hearing the same. And whenever Ben's on top of something, You got to believe it to be true, and that wound up being the case. Connor Bedard, after missing 14 games, being out since January 5th due to a fractured jaw, made his return to the Blackhawks lineup last night. Interestingly, though, no contact practices for Connor Bedard, and that was kind of my reason as to why I was a little hesitant to fully believe Kevin Weeks when he first came out with that report yesterday, just because considering how 
vital Connor Bedard is to the Blackhawks franchise moving forward. And hopefully he'll be a key part of this team for hopefully uh, a decade or two. But knowing all that and knowing that he's still 18 years old, I figured that they were going to give him uh, at least one or two practices where he had shed that green non-contact sweater to at least give him a little bit of a feel as to what it would be like to take on contact. But I guess yesterday morning, I really hope there's some footage of this Blackhawks fans, but I saw that Luke Richardson was kind of uh, supposedly giving Bedard some checks to test if he was going to be ready. I really hope there's some clips of Luke Richardson throwing some shoulders Connor Bedard's way. Um, but yeah, he was good enough to go last night and altogether, no, no setbacks apparently after the game as well. So you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't want to say that, you know, the Blackhawks should have done this or should have gone about Bedard's return differently. Uh, I think it absolutely helps that he is a rink rat and has constantly been skating. And, you know, he said he felt good. He cleared his doctor's appointment, which uh, usually those are on Monday, but they actually bumped that one up this week to see if he'd be able to return. He passed both of those, uh, talked to the Blackhawks front office and the coaching staff, and they gave him the green light to get back in action last night to make his return against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And for those of you who are curious as to where kind of Bedard um sat in terms of the Blackhawks standings despite missing 14 games still leading the team in points entering last night's game second in the team second on the team in goals with 15 just one back of certified goal scorer Jason Dickinson and second in the assist category two back of Philip Kurashev uh, in terms of apples. So uh, even though he missed well over a month, Connor Bedard still is the leading point getter for the Chicago Blackhawks. And despite getting off to a pretty shoddy first period, uh, he really demonstrated why he is the clear-cut best offensive player and the best player in general for this Blackhawks squad, and it is good to have him back. But it was a little bit of a rude awakening uh, for Connor Bedard as he started the game like he did on opening night, taking the opening faceoff against Sidney Crosby. He goes and loses it, and just 15 seconds in, Sidney Crosby puts the Penguins ahead one to nothing. Uh, the Blackhawks actually, I thought, had... I guess it's not really a fair comparison. They were better in the opening 20 minutes than they were on Tuesday. That's not really saying much. They actually did some good things offensively, though, but a, a couple of defensive lapses came back to bite them in the butt. That one there, leaving Sidney Crosby wide open all alone in front of the net. Not the guy you want to be putting in those situations all by himself. Uh, and then on the second goal for the Penguins in the first period, Connor Bedard kind of just trying to force a pass cross ice. It gets intercepted. The Pens skate back down the other way, and then uh, Riley Smith, Smith beats Arvid Soderbloom with a backhander top shelf. Not a good play there from Soderbloom. Uh, down into the butterfly way too early. Made the top portion of the net way too accessible for Riley Smith. Uh, so a little bit of a tough one there for Soderbloom. I'll be getting more into his performance in particular during segment two. Um but despite a poor opening 20 minutes, the Blackhawks, I thought, bounced back well in the second period. Connor Bedard was clearly rusty in the first, but he shed that in the second and really picked things up the rest of the way. Um, and it was just, again, clear. He had to shed some rust, but the the talent and the skill set was on full display once he got it going there in that middle frame, just creating endless plays in the neutral zone, um, entering the offensive zone with speed. I thought his uh, hockey IQ was on full display as well, and it's just so clear and evident that he has so much more to offer offensively than anyone else on this Blackhawks team, and he ended up netting his first point since coming back from injury with a sweet primary assist on Philip Kershev's ninth goal of the season, and Kershev only had one goal goal 
uh, while Connor Bedard was out of the lineup. That was the first goal that Kershev had scored since January 9th. So got to think that he's happy to have Bedard back alongside him. And it was indeed Nick Foligno and Philip Kershev who are skating with Bedard on the top line, like I kind of outlined on Wednesday's episode. I wanted to make sure that with Bedard, you know, nearing a return and Anthony Beauvillier, spoiler alert, looks like he's going to be coming back rather soon as well. With that being the situation, I I wanted to make sure to let all the fans know that there are some interesting developments coming with the forward group, and I'm really curious to see uh, who who Luke Richardson is going to have in the lineup and who he's going to have on the outside looking in. But yes, it was Philip Kurashev and Nick Foligno with Connor Bedard on the top line in his first game back. Philip Kurashev uh, really had another solid game as well. And that top line just picked up right where they left off. Kurashev was very active. Outside of Connor Bedard, I thought Kurashev was uh, hands down the second most effective player for the Blackhawks in this game. The Hawks did have some life um, going into the third period. They were down only two to one, but a second goal from Sidney Crosby, just five and a half minutes in, kind of wound up sealing the deal. And the Pens went on to add an empty netter. 4 1 loss for the Blackhawks, eighth consecutive defeat despite Connor Bedard's return. And it was also the 10th time in their last 14 games in which they got shut out or only scored one goal. But it was a prettier offensive performance, undoubtedly. I mean, they did outshoot the Penguins in this game, and uh, I thought the offense was certainly more efficient, and the power play looked much more lively than it has in quite a while. And I joked on social media that it was probably the Blackhawks, the best the Blackhawks power play had looked since January 5th when Connor Bedard uh, got injured against the New Jersey Devils. Good puck movement. Bedard was trying to rifle the puck with one-timers, had an unfortunate snap of the stick, but altogether a much improved offensive effort as a whole, I thought. And it's just clear-cut how much better this Blackhawks team is with Connor Bedard. Uh, He finished with a primary assist, a team-high four shots on goal in 21 minutes and 17 seconds of time on ice. That was the most among all Blackhawks forwards. So no holding back bubble Bedard, which is uh, great to see. Interested to see how long he's going to have that bubble on, I envision, for probably the next two to three weeks, if not longer. But, you know, he's got some good mojo with the bubble, baby, going back to absolutely dominating the World Juniors, uh, not this past December, but two Decembers ago to help Canada win the gold medal. Um, Hopefully that same Bedard will be coming out wearing the bubble here in Chicago. So yeah, it was another loss by the Blackhawks. Connor Bedard did get bested by his childhood idol, Sidney Crosby. He was the best player on the ice for both squads. Um, Heavily involved in both of his goals. Um, But yeah, I think even though it was another loss for the Chicago Blackhawks, I do believe this is a sign that we're in for some better offensive performances and at least some more watchable games now that number 98, Connor Bedard, has officially made his return. All right, there are my quick thoughts on Bedard's first game in over a month. Coming up in just a moment, Blackhawks fans, I will get into some of my other takeaways from this game, plus my thoughts on Lucas Reichel watching from the press box. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And game time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have used game time since I was back in high school, going down to the United Center to see Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, and all those Blackhawks legends. And I still use game time to this very day because it's always reliable and always provides me with the cheapest and the fastest way for me to purchase 
all of my tickets, whether I am going down to the United Center to catch a Blackhawks game or going to try to see the Cubs play at Wrigley Field over the summertime, or even if I'm traveling in another city, if I want to go and catch a comedy event with some buddies or want to go and see a concert, I always check game time because it takes the stress off. It allows me to have fun, not worry about the whole process of purchasing tickets. And like I said, it's the cheapest and the fastest way for you to get them. Plus, I also love how they send you views. They show you views of every seat in the house before you purchase your tickets so you know exactly what you're getting when you purchase those tickets and when you arrive. I highly recommend you all go and download the Game Time app right now. And when you do, make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL in all caps after creating an account, and you'll get $20 off with your first purchase. Yes, You heard me right. You can go and get $20 off to come see Connor Bedard at the United Center this season. All you have to do is create an account, use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, and you'll get that $20 discount. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed, game time. Segment two, getting into some of my other takeaways from last night's game. I definitely also wanted to get into the lineup situation with the Blackhawks forward group. As I mentioned there, Connor Bedard um, is obviously back at this point in time. Anthony Beauvillier, we got an update from Coach Luke Richardson following practice this morning at Fifth Third Arena. Doesn't look like he's going to be able to play tomorrow afternoon when the Blackhawks take on the Ottawa Senators, but they're targeting either a return on Monday in Carolina or on Wednesday when the Hawks come back to the UC to take on the Philadelphia Flyers. So with that being the case, Andreas Athanasiu is now skating. And if I had to guess, he'll be back either the last week of February or in early March. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what the Blackhawks forward group is going to look like moving forward, because at this point in time, like I outlined, they have too many bodies or they will have too many bodies once everyone returns on the active roster. And that's undoubtedly going to squeeze a couple of guys out. But based on the lineup we saw last Last night, Felino, Bedard, Kurashev, the three most effective players on the Blackhawks right now. That's deserving to be the Hawks' top line. And I just love that chemistry that Felino and Bedard have with one another. I think it's a really comfortable spot for Bedard to be in, especially as he's still wearing that bubble and still getting healthier. If anyone tries to take a run at him, you know Nick Felino is going to step in. And Philip Kurashev has probably been the second best offensive player on the Blackhawks this season. So it's just kind of a natural fit there on the top line. But The rest of the lineup really is up for grabs. We saw Tyler Johnson, Jason Dickinson, and Joey Anderson skate as the second line last night. Um, Outside of Jason Dickinson, I I really don't think anyone kind of has a secure spot in the lineup right now, right? Tyler Johnson's been good in the goal scoring categories, one healthy this year, but his playmaking hasn't been very great. And while Joey Anderson was really effective earlier on in the season, he's gone a little bit quiet. And I don't think he's kind of locked into that second line right wing spot as securely as he was a couple of weeks ago, because it has been a little bit of a quieter stretch for him. Uh, The third line last night was Boris Kachuk, Mackenzie Entwistle, and Taylor Radish. Um, Taylor Radish, by the way, Blackhawks fans, had a couple of opportunities last night. Uh, One of them was a two-on-one in which he tried to make an extra pass back to Boris Kachuk, and the Blackhawks wound up with zero shots on goal in that opportunity. Uh, Had a couple of other good chances that were stopped by Nadelkovich, but... It has just been such a tough stretch for Taylor Radish. He now has gone 20 consecutive games without scoring a goal. He last scored a goal on December 14th against the Seattle Kraken. And I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is just the lack of confidence, right? He's still getting looks, but not able to get any through. But it does feel like 
not just last night. It was just kind of a reminder, like Taylor Radish has passed up on a lot of his best looks this season. And as a guy who's best ability offensively is scoring goals. You would think being a 20 goal scorer last year, he'd be itching to fire those pucks as much as possible, but because they just aren't going in lately, it feels like there's a little bit of hesitancy in his game. And uh, he he's banged up right now. He actually didn't skate at practice this morning and is questionable tomorrow against the senators. Doesn't sound like it's anything long-term. He's just a little bit sore. Um, but even if he is fully healthy and ready to go, I, I do wonder if Luke Richardson is considering giving him a healthy scratching as well, because he just has not been good enough altogether this season and kind of feels like he's in a similar boat as Lucas Reichel, who was healthy scratched last night as well as the fourth line to round out the forward group was Ryan Donato, Zach Sanford, and Colin Blackwell, while the extras were Lucas Reichel and Reese Johnson. And as I mentioned, whenever Anthony Beauvillier is able to return, I don't think this is a long-term injury for Radish, so don't expect him to go on IR. Someone's going to have to get sent down. Um, I don't think they want to do that with Lucas Reichel. I feel like if they wanted to send him down, they would have done that a long time ago at this point. So to me, the odd man out of this forward group as of right now is probably Zach Sanford, right? He's playing the fourth line center spot, but he's really not taking face-offs for them. And one thing that I have noticed the Blackhawks haven't really used Reese Johnson a ton in faceoff spots, but he's been over 50% every year of his NHL career, one of the better faceoff men on the Blackhawks. I just don't really know what we need Zach Sanford for at this point in time. He's uh, got five assists and I want to say, or three assists in. 14 games since joining the Blackhawks hasn't really been all that effective. I think Zach Sanford is the clear cut odd man out who is probably going to be placed on waivers. If I had to guess along with Ren Pitlick, who just cleared yesterday and is now reassigned to Rockford. Um, but when Beauvillier comes back, who are you going to put him in the lineup for? Ryan Donato hasn't been very effective recently as well. Mackenzie Entwistle hasn't been all that good, but you might need him uh, to play the center position. Boris Kachuk seems to be kind of uh, butting heads a little bit with the coaching staff. Taylor Radish hasn't been all that effective. I mean, there are a lot of opportunities, um, a, a lot of big opportunities coming for these players to secure spots in the lineup because I don't think any of them have really got a good grip on uh consistent consistently being in their game in and game out right here right now it's going to be interesting to see what happens whenever Anthony Beauvillier is able to return but Blackhawks fans we do know that Lucas Reichel will not be in the lineup tomorrow when the Hawks take on the Senators coach Luke Richardson spoke with the media following today's practice and said Reichel will be watching from the press box for the second consecutive game and again with Beauvillier's return looming it's going to be interesting to see how long this scratching streak kind of lasts for Lucas Reichel when is he going to get into the lineup next uh it has been a really really tough season so far for him I I don't know really what to do next Blackhawks fans nothing seems to be working I would be giving him opportunities with Andreas Athanasiu and Philip Kurashev whenever AA is able to return because maybe that would kickstart him but until then and even if then it seems like the Blackhawks coaching staff is reluctant to give him uh, top six opportunities. So going to be really interesting to see how this forward group all shakes out uh, once Anthony Beauvillier and Andres Athanasiu make their returns. Real quick, some other takeaways that I wanted to get into from last night's game against the Penguins. Before moving on, I do want to discuss Arvid Soderblom making his first start since January 24th, nearly a month ago. And even crazier than that, 
Arvid Soderblom hadn't played a game, hadn't started a game at the United Center previously to last night since December 10th. Connor Bedard had more recent action at the UC than Arvid Soderblom did, and that's just because he was struggling so much there in the winter months, and Peter Morazic has just been so good. Uh, the Blackhawks and Luke Richardson just haven't wanted to take him out of the net, which I, I can't blame them for. Morazic has really been that solid. It was a tough start for Soderblom, particularly on that second goal, right, from Riley Smith. That was a little bit of a tough watch, but I did think as the game progressed, he clearly got better and kind of similar to Bedard. I think he had to shed the rust a little bit there since he hadn't played since prior to the NHL All-Star break and really not all that frequently over the last two months. Uh, made some big stops there in the second period to keep the Blackhawks alive and all in all, stopped 23 of the 26 shots that he faced on the night. Still not some really good numbers, but uh, you just have to wonder how his role is going to not change, but what what is it going to be here down the stretch of the season? Because I think they've really wanted to use these last few weeks as opportunities for him to get some practice with goaltending coach Jimmy Wade and just kind of solidifying things in his game structure-wise and everything while Peter Morazic has been great and um, healthy and Luke Richardson has been riding that hot hand. But I, I don't think they want to be giving Peter Morazic, you know, I, I don't think they want this workload for Soderbloom, this rare of starts to be happening all throughout the stretch of the season because one, you're not really, I know we feel like we have a good grasp on what Arvid Soderblom is right now. And he has been a struggling goaltender. I understand that, but I think the only way to fully figure out what you're going to do with him going into this off season, he does have one year left under contract, but as to whether or not he has to go back to Rockford or maybe they move on, or maybe they think he is capable of being the backup once again, next season and some better days are to come. The only way they figure that out is by playing him a little bit more regularly. I don't think you can have these sparse of starts all the way down the stretch because it's going to be difficult for him when he's not getting consistent playing time. And when you're just thrown into the action, a, it's hard to have confidence. It's B, you just don't have a lot of reps recently to kind of pick up where you left off at, if you will. So I think whether Soderblom continues to struggle or not, the Blackhawks have to be playing him more than they have in the last month and a half to two months down the stretch, just so they get a better idea of what to do in net heading into this offseason and where Arvid Soderblom exactly stands. Lastly, it was a weird night for Alex Vlasic and Seth Jones, the top D pairing for the Blackhawks. Maybe their worst game since they have been paired together. Jones was a minus four. Vlasic was a minus three. And it's just the fifth time this season that Alex Vlasic has finished as a minus in uh, back-to-back games. A little too relaxed, I thought. They were in front of their own net, especially when you're playing against a guy like Sidney Crosby. You got to be stuck to him like glue. And uh, Alex Vlasic in particular, I thought, played a little bit of a soft game in front of his own net, especially for a guy with his size and how much ground he can cover. You know, you just got to have a little bit better awareness there. I didn't think Seth Jones was great either. Um, but a rare off night for those two. And Vlasic, just the last couple of games, it's been a little bit of a, a hiccup in the road for him. But considering how good he's been all season, I fully expect him to bounce back. But just weird that uh, Seth Jones was on the ice for all four Penguins goals last night. And Vlasic was on the ice for three of them. The only one he wasn't was the empty netter. And just weird to see those guys have such a uh, poor game together defensively as they were at the bottom of the hockey stats chart following this four to one loss to the Penguins. All right. There are my final thoughts on the Blackhawks eighth consecutive defeat last night coming up in just a moment here. Don't go anywhere Blackhawks fans, because I still have to get into the current Calder trophy odds from our good friends over at FanDuel. 
How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. And after providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is offering a digital seminar for families and couples right here, right now. Did your Valentine's gift of tickets to the big game not go over as well as you'd hoped? Get the Couples and Family Online Seminar right now for 25% off of the month of February using the discount code of LOCKEDON. Again, that is the discount code LOCKEDON for 25% off the rest of the month at www.CaminoConsulting.ca or mention LOCKEDON when reaching out for a business seminar and you'll receive the first five profiles free. Again, that's www.CaminoConsulting.ca or mention LOCKEDON when reaching out to a business seminar. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thank you all to everyone who's still tuned into this point of today's episode. And if you haven't already, do me a favor by hitting that like button, commenting down below, and subscribing for Celebrini. And also, make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports Today, because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment three, with Connor Bedard now having officially returned to the lineup for the Blackhawks, I figured it would be a fun way to round out today's show by taking a look at the updated odds for the 2024 Calder Trophy for NHL Rookie of the Year from our good friends over at FanDuel to see where the books think everything is kind of at right now. And also just to get a little better of an update as to how of the uh, how some of the other rookies across the NHL are faring so far this season. And by the way, make sure to go and use the promo code LOCKDOWN uh, when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook and you can get up to $150 worth of bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. But taking a look over at FanDuel right now, just as of 30 minutes ago, Blackhawks fans, uh, the updated odds for the Calder Trophy coming in as the pretty heavy favorite at this point in time. Unsurprisingly, even though he just missed 14 games, he's still the leading rookie point scorer after netting an assist last night. It's our baby boy, 2023 number one overall pick, Connor Bedard, coming in at minus 250. And I think it's really funny in particular that uh, Minnesota Wild fans are really voicing their opinions as to why Brock Faber should be winning the Calder Trophy this season over Connor Bedard. And look, Brock Faber has been an excellent rookie defenseman for Minnesota so far this season, both offensively and defensively. He is the one who's currently second in odds, closest to Connor Bedard at plus 300. And through 53 games, Brock Faber has four goals, 29 assists, and 33 points while having a plus five rating and averaging 25 minutes and four seconds of time on ice. One of the top among all NHL defensemen first and rookies. Listen, Brock Faber has been incredible, and I think he's going to be a really good defenseman for Minnesota for a long, long time. It was apparent uh, that the kid had the skill set and the goods to play in the NHL right when he stepped in for Minnesota last season. This is in no way an attack at Brock Faber, but I don't think he has a chance to win the Calder Trophy. I mean, do you know how much Connor Bedard means to the NHL? If you don't by now, you probably should considering 
what they put him through and the Blackhawks at the beginning of the season in, in terms of their opening road trip, putting him in front of all the big markets. They want to pump him out there and get his name out there for everyone to know that he's the next generational superstar in the NHL. He's the next big name to keep an eye out for in the same conversation and breaths as Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. Everyone and their mother who pays attention to hockey has known this because of the way the NHL has been pumping Bedard out there, putting the Blackhawks games on TNT when they can. And even when he couldn't participate in the NHL All-Star game, they brought him out there anyway. I think that tells you enough. Something would have to go I don't want this to be the case. I'm knocking on wood. Something would have to go terribly wrong, in my opinion, for Connor Bedard to not win the NHL Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to get that fairly or unfairly, that extra boost from the NHL because he has that star player capability. I really think minus 250 is even like value for betting on Connor Bedard because I just don't see it going any other way unless something ridiculous happens. And this isn't a knock to any of the other players it's just Connor Bedard has that marketability, and quite honestly, he's just better than all of them. But getting through the rest of the players, I, I do think Brock Faber is the one who has the best chance of taking down Connor Bedard. I don't think it's going to be happening, Blackhawks fans. To me, minus 250, like I said, is, is still some pretty good value. Uh, but Bedard is still first in NHL rookie points. Um, despite missing 14 games and 40 games this season, he's got 15 goals, 19 assists for 34 points while averaging 19 minutes and seven seconds of time on ice, a huge top line center role for the Blackhawks. And I only expect that time on ice to go up in the second half of the season. Brock Faber is second in points with 33 through 53 games. I uh, mentioned that he averages up over 25 minutes as well. Marco Rossi, another member of the Minnesota Wild, who was having a really good season as well. I think a little bit under the radar considering you know, the big name rookies that are out there, such as uh, Faber, Luke Hughes, Bedard, obviously, Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson, right? Um, Logan Cooley too. Like there, there's a lot of big name rookies. I think Marco Rossi is flying a little under the radar. He's third among all rookies in points right now, 14 goals and 15 assists for 29 points and 53 games. That's really solid. Luke Hughes defenseman for the New Jersey Devils is fourth in points, eight goals, 19 assists for 27 points and 53 games while averaging 21 minutes and four seconds of time on ice. For anyone who is a longtime lockdown Blackhawks listener, you may remember a couple of years ago when I was breaking down draft picks. Connor Zary was someone I really liked. The Blackhawks ended up going with Lucas Reichel at number 17, but Connor Zary was someone who I was super high on going into that year's draft. Uh, he is fifth in rookie points right now for the Flames, 12 goals and 14 assists for 26 points in 44 games. And then there's Logan Cooley, who is sixth in rookie scoring this season. Remember when the Arizona Coyotes called Logan Cooley the best prospect in the entire world? I remember. I remember. That is very funny. Logan Cooley in 52 games this season has seven goals and 19 assists, 26 points. Look, it's a it's a fine rookie season. But when you make a statement like that and make people assume that you're talking that he's better than Connor Bedard. I'm going to end up throwing that in your face because Connor Bedard is clearly much better than Logan Cooley at this point. Uh, And then Leo Carlson is, what is that? Seventh in rookie scoring, but he's only played 34 games with eight goals and 13 assists for 21 points. So looking at the odds boards after Brock Faber, Luke Hughes is third in odds at plus 900. Marco Rossi is plus 1700 in the four spot. Connor Zary is plus 2900 in the five spot. Logan Cooley's 45 to one to win Calder trophy rookie of the year. I I just can't not get a good giggle out of that. And then Leo Carlson is, uh, 
seventh with a plus 5,000 rating, 50 to one odds. I think if you're betting on anyone as an underdog, it's Brock Faber. I don't hate Marco Rossi at 17 to one, but I just don't see in any world where he's going to outpoint Connor Bedard, even with a 13 game advantage that he has right now. Connor Bedard is just clearly the best rookie in the NHL. And I truly mean that unbiasedly as a Blackhawks fan. But if you watch this kid, what he's doing at 18 in a massive role for the Chicago Blackhawks and looking at what they did without him, it's night and day what this Blackhawks team is capable of when they get 98 in the lineup. I just don't think there's any way where Connor Bedard doesn't win rookie of the year. I think he's deserving to be the favorite. And again, I think minus 250 is value out there, Blackhawks fans. If uh, any of you any of you are wanting to go and place a wager, I, I think uh, minus 250 is pretty good odds for Connor Bedard because I fully expect him to come away as the 2024 Calder Trophy winner as NHL Rookie of the Year, even though he missed 14 games with a fractured jaw. All right, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again to everyone for tuning into the show and make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe for Celebrini. Subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel and that way you can get the video as soon as it's uploaded to YouTube each and every day. As always... I'm your boy, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. And also make sure to follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, I believe I'm going to have an episode coming out previewing the matchup against the Ottawa Senators, talking about some other fun stuff. So make sure to keep your peepers peeled for... Yeah, 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 that's the right statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peeper Spiel. Yeah, make sure to keep your, <laughs> whatever. Uh, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Keep your eyes out for that episode coming tomorrow. That's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yo team.